Welcome to the Inventory Nation podcast, a show designed to bring you the incredible voices and stories of veterinary professionals coast to coast, all while helping you to manage and control your inventory. I'm your host, Nicole Clausen, coach, advisor, and champion for veterinary teams and their inventory. Joining you live from the mountains of Montana, welcome to the show. Hello, welcome back to the Inventory Nation podcast. I'm so excited for this episode and I'm so excited to have you joining us. So in this episode, I'm going to be taking a slight departure from talking about inventory to really chat about operations in your practice. So we're going to be chatting systems, operations, and a little bit of inventory. So more specifically, we're going to chat about different bottlenecks and roadblocks that you might experience in your practice that really limit you from growing your business or from being able to focus more time on your patients. So these bottlenecks and roadblocks, they tend to come out as you know, fires that you might be experiencing in your practice or in your inventory, right? When you're just kind of like running around, you're active, it feels like you're waiting forever for something and it just doesn't quite feel like a well-oiled machine. That is really kind of where these bottlenecks and roadblocks start to show up. So that's what we're going to kind of get into. Um, Although I do want to share that recently I kind of added a new way to work together and it has been so much fun that um, I call them VIP days or VIP half days. And so what we do is we do a full audit and analysis of a practice's inventory. It's all done remotely. So I do a complete full audit. I look at, you know, all the markups and profit margins of each item. I look at all sorts of different things. I calculate reorder points. Then I put together a step-by-step action plan. And then we go into three hours of really in-depth review of the action plan, inventory training, practice management system training. Um, and then some practices opt to follow up with um, additional one-on-one training sessions. And it has just been so much fun to just kind of spend a half day hunker down with these practices, um, really, really working on their inventory and going through all these different, you know, ideas and suggestions. And it's just been a lot of fun. So if that's something you're interested in, if you're like, ooh, I could use that, um, feel free to let me know. Um, I am booking out fairly quickly. So um, just let me know if that's something you'd like to do. So let's go ahead and just hop right into today's episode. So first and foremost, what is a roadblock or a bottleneck? What does that really even mean? So a roadblock, a bottleneck, a constraint, um, those are kind of all interchangeable terms that I'll be using in this episode. So it's really anything that restricts something else. So more specifically in this particular episode, episode. I'm going to be talking about, you know, restricting number of patients that we can see throughout the day or just kind of restricting the operations of our practice. So this can really happen for a number of different reasons, but generally 
It occurs when the demand for a particular resource or part of the system is greater than the supply of that particular thing. So let's look at a couple examples here. This could look like maybe exam rooms or spaces in your parking lot, right? So let's say you have nine doctors, but if you only have three exam rooms, that will limit the number of patients that you can see in a day. Um, alternatively, it can be, you know, maybe your um, thing that you don't have a ton of supply of is veterinarians or your short staffed and missing members of the care team. So you can have all of the clients in the world, but if you don't have enough veterinarians to see patients, then you're extremely limited to, to the patients that you can see. So, and I really think that a lot of clinics are experiencing this exact thing right now. We are a in a serious just care team, veterinarian team, all the team shortages, right? And it's really hard to find staff. It's really, really hard right now. So, you know, and I've talked with a number of practice owners or clinics in general who have, you know, grown their practice significantly, right? The growth has just been astronomical this year. Maybe they've completed a remodel. They have a bunch of new exam rooms or they've somehow expanded their practice, but they can't find any veterinarians to support that growth. So, you know, you could have this beautifully new remodeled practice that has seven exam rooms, but if you can only have one veterinarian on the staff, a lot of that um, space goes wasted, right? And so that's kind of where we start to, you know, look at what a constraint or bottleneck is. And it's when we have kind of like this mismatch of supply and demand. So not only that, but this can really happen with your inventory items. So let's say, for example, you only have three heart room tests left in stock. If you only have three heart room tests left in stock, you're only able to perform three heart room tests. Even if you had plenty of clients, even if you had plenty of every other thing, you can only perform three tests. So each process and system in your practice has a constraint or bottleneck or area or step that kind of really defines or determines the rate or quantity through that particular system. So usually this bottleneck, which is often referred to as what's called the rate limiting step, has the most valuable or scarcest resources. So, for example, it's really hard to just pop up an exam room on the fly, right? That requires a whole remodel or hire a veterinarian in a flash. So, when you're kind of considering freeing up processes in your practice, the focus really should be on optimizing the supply of whatever is causing the bottleneck. So in the example previously about the heartworm test, right, if we're only able to perform three heartworm tests because that's all we have left, that's the bottleneck. If we had more heartworm tests, we would be able to perform more tests. We would able to do more heartworm testing. And so if we allow, so that would be kind of considered the rate limiting step because that kind of determines how many patients we're able to test. So if we purchase more tests, we would be able to see more patients. 
Again, when we are considering freeing up process in our practice, the focus really should be on optimizing the supply of whatever is causing the bottleneck. So when you're doing the process improvements, if the focus is improving all of the steps or resources throughout the whole process, then you're still going to be confined, but just at a different scale. So for example, let's again look at our heartworm test example. Let's say that you wanted to increase the number of tests that you perform each day. Let's say that you emailed or call all of the patients that were due for a heartworm test and you started an educational campaign all about heartworm disease and the importance of regular testing on social media channels. You added another veterinary technician to the schedule to help with the influx of new patients. But what if you didn't address the rate limiting step and purchase more tests? What if you only still had those three same tests? Even though you had many more appointments for heartworm testing, you could still only perform the three tests, thus creating a huge bottleneck, not to mention a client service disaster. So it can be really difficult to identify and determine a bottleneck in a process, right? So if you listen to my last episode, we talked all about determining the root cause and not just focusing on a symptom of a bigger problem. So this concept really ties into finding and identifying your roadblocks. So just looking at... um what a root cause analysis is, it's basically getting to the root cause of a problem and not just focusing on symptoms. And so an example of this can be maybe that you are, one that I often like to share is what if you, a prescription comes back and for some reason, the wrong medication was filled, right? And so you kind of say, okay, why did that happen? And there was no prescription double check that happened. And so you kind of start to ask why to uncover each time and kind of like each layer. So, right, you're kind of like peeling back the the layers of an onion to determine the root cause of a problem. Because if we're not addressing the root cause, we're basically just putting a band-aid on the symptoms and that problem is just going to perpetuate. So I would say, you know, a good way to remember this, um, you know, if you've heard me talk about my nephew, Alton, he is three years old and he's in that stage where he asks why to literally anything and everything. And so he'll ask a question and I'll say the answer and he says, why? And he just kind of goes down the list. And that's kind of the same thing for what we do for root cause analysis. We're really just trying to uncover like really the true root cause. So anyways, little side note on what root cause analysis is, but using this analysis can also be incredibly helpful to identify and kind of determine where a roadblock or bottleneck is happening. You know, there's technically like a more formal workflow map that you can create, right? This is a whole formal process that you can go through, but you know, you don't have to go to that extent. This can even just be done by observing the day-to-day operations of your practice, right? Sometimes I think, um, you know, messy action is better than, you know, wanting it to be like the perfect process. Um, 
you know, so even if we're just kind of like identifying things on the fly and really asking questions and being curious, that's a whole lot better than maybe waiting a year or two for things to calm down to do a more formal workflow map, right? So what are some bottlenecks that can even show up? So let's look at some three examples here. So these are just kind of some that you know, I've recognized over the years. Um, but the first one, I'm sure you'll probably agree with me, is paper charts, right? If your team is constantly running around hunting down charts to write in, that can be a huge bottleneck. The number of clients that you can speak to and the number of patients that you can treat in a time frame is really limited by the number of charts you can find. You know, I just remember the follow-up call process um, or pulling charts the next day. It seemed like I just remember spending an exorbitant amount of time trying to track down, you know, on the different desks and the different spaces and the different, you know, all the different places they can be. You know, so much time is really spent trying to hunt down those charts in every nook and cranny of the practice. So that's a huge bottleneck right then and there. Also, another one where we're talking um, about it is, you know, the old x-ray process, right? I was just talking to somebody um, last week about, you know, I just remember doing like, you know, having to like actually take the film and run it through the processor and all those dips and all that fun stuff. I just remember, (laughs) I don't think I can ever forget it, you know, just remember doing like a barium series and you had to do like 97 million x-rays, what felt like, and you were basically stuck in that stinky processing room for like forever in a day. And then if like, one positioning got messed up or like it was a little bit blurry. You had to like retake it. It's like, I just imagine now, you know, thinking about like bottlenecks and roadblocks into practice and like basically having a whole team member like tied up in the x-ray processing room. Like that is a huge bottleneck right there. You might know if you've heard me talk before, but I actually got my start in the veterinary world at the front desk. So that's what kind of where I started my journey. And so I noticed there's really a number of bottlenecks that can arise, you know, working at the front desk, especially if the CSR team is really understaffed. So let's just say that you have one CSR, they have to answer all of the phones, check in and out all of the clients and patients, um, you know, answer any questions, you know, help everyone like kind of like navigate where they're supposed to be. So if there's only one person doing a gazillion things, there are so many more phone calls. There are only so many phone calls that they can answer, right? If you only have three lines and they're lit up all the time, there's only so much that you can do with that situation. And there's also only so many patients that they can check in at one time. So as a result, this can cause a huge bottleneck of clients waiting to be checked in and or out or helped over the phone. So I just remember, you know, it'd be like... um checkout time, kind of when all the surgical discharges were happening, right? And you'd have clients that were trying to check in for regular appointments. You'd have clients who were trying to check 
out for and pick up their pets for this after surgical procedures. And it would just, and then the phones, of course, were ringing off the hook, right? So, you know, being the only one at the front desk trying to juggle all that, there is often times where, you know, somebody would be like, you know, would call me up at the front desk and they're like, hey, we see that Mrs. Jones is here. Why is, why don't I know about that yet? And I'm like, well, I actually have like five people up here. So, you know, being the only one at the front desk or having kind of limited staff up there, you know, without any kind of um, workflow assessment um, during kind of like that high volume traffic area really can kind of like compound bottlenecks and, you know, just really starts to snowball. So another example is in-house diagnostics, right? So I found that this can often be a bottleneck. So just let's picture this for a moment. You have four patients waiting to be seen in exam rooms. You only have four rooms and all of the patients have in-house labs. So someone pulls blood for the first dog, but there was too much hemolysis. So it needed to be repulled and respun. Somebody else is waiting for the centrifuge for another sample. And then on top of that, only one sample can be run at a time. So you have, you know, your in-house you know, lab machines going as fast as they can, but there's only so much you can do there. So you have several technicians and veterinarians who are stalled just waiting on lab results. So all the while, the care team is just waiting. The clients in the exam rooms are waiting. It's running to the next appointment and delays are just starting to snowball. So Hopefully you can kind of see from some of these examples how kind of these roadblocks can really show up in your practice. And so I know that sometimes when you're in survival mode, it can be hard to think about how to make things better when you're just trying to make it through the day. But even small improvements, you know, to bottlenecks can really pay off in a huge way. So If you're like, yes, I resonate with some of these. I feel like I do have a lot of these constraints. Um, You know, observe where the work is piling up or where things, people, pets are waiting. And then just start to ask yourself why. Why do we have a huge line at the front desk? Why do we have a full voicemail all the time? Why can we never find what we need on the shelf? Um, keep asking why until you really start to uncover, you know, these root causes for some of these bottlenecks. Sometimes it's the veterinarian, but then other times it's not. So just be careful when you're starting on this process, not to assume the reason and really put your investigative hat on. And so just another example that I'm thinking of is, you know, just trying to find stuff on the shelf, right? So if you're care team, you know, let's look at an inventory example. If they are struggling to find what they need on the shelf, right? So maybe it's for a procedure, maybe it's for an emergency, maybe it's just for an in-room appointment, but they can't find what they need. Now, all of a sudden, they're constrained by the amount of time that they have, right? Because now they have to hunt and search and, you know, try to find all these different things, instead of focusing on caring for their patients. So that's why, you know, having an organization system, having clear labeling, all that kind of stuff really can pay off because anything that causes a bottleneck 
tends to take the focus away from being able to spend time with our patients, right? And that's why we're here is to care for our patients. So let's look at some of these roadblocks, bottlenecks, time constraints, all of that to really try to streamline our processes. With that being said, the veterinarian is often the right limited step because they do a number of things that other team members simply cannot do. So if a veterinarian is spending their time performing tasks or doing things that others can and should be doing, they're likely creating a huge bottleneck. That's why utilizing your team and especially your credentialed technicians can pay off significantly because they can free up the veterinarian to do only what DVMs can do. Ideally, any work that the veterinarian is doing that is not related specifically to their unique skills and expertise as a provider should be assigned to another member of the care team. So Jennifer, a wonderful practice manager in our community, tries to use her technicians to the fullest capabilities of their license. She says, One of my prime examples is our surgeries. The technicians will get vital signs and prepare, well, hello, prepare the patient for a pre-surgical exam. Once the vet has examined the patient and okays the procedure, they aren't needed again until the patient is on the table. We do pre-surgical blood work in advance, just FYI. My Technicians will pre-med, place catheter, induce, intubate, prep. My doctor literally scrubs in for surgery, performs surgery, and puts in notes. My techs do everything else. They calculate all their pre-med dosages and go home med dosages based upon our protocols. They enter in all charges and notes, make discharge instructions, and go over everything with the clients. They will also do follow-up calls that don't have an adverse that don't have adverse news delivered to free up my veterinarian's time to handle the complicated conversations. If my veterinarians don't need to be doing it, they don't. So that's kind of the scoop on roadblocks, bottlenecks, time constraints, all that. And so the reason, you know, that I bring this up and I talk about this is, you know, like I mentioned earlier, anything that you have a roadblock on, a time constraint on, anything like that, it's generally usually taking away from the time that you could spend caring for patients. And my goal is hopefully to get you back to what matters most, and that's caring for our patients. And really, you know, that's a why behind what we do. So with that being said, do you have any roadblocks or constraints that you've noticed in your practice? Have you noticed any that have changed or become more noticeable since starting or stopping curbside? So just think about that. Think about, you know, even if it's just one process that you want to think about, it doesn't even have to be like this huge thing, right? We don't have to make a a big thing about it. But if you notice that like something is waiting time is kind of like running short in a particular situation or people who are waiting are really starting to stack up, just ask yourself why. Bring out that curiosity hat and try to uncover what might be going on. So I'm going to be posting a discussion post in the Veterinary Inventory Strategy Network. If you're not a member, it's free to join. You can visit the network at veterinary 
ISN.com. And so I'm going to be posting a discussion question just to hear, you know, if anyone else is kind of like seeing any roadblocks to patient care, um, how they've solved for it. Um, just kind of a discussion post just to, you know, talk with each other about this topic. So with that being said, thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. As always, I truly appreciate and I'm absolutely honored to, you know, just be a part of your day. So thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a great rest of your week and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Inventory Nation podcast and spending your time with me. I know your time is valuable and in short supply, so it truly is an honor. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe or leave a review. Be sure to visit vetlogic.co slash podcast to access the show notes and discover additional links and resources. See you next time.